Cita listeners, this is PJ. And this is Bonnie. And we are bringing you another episode of Lit Chat. And today we're going to be talking about our group read, which was How They Quote, The Awful Ends of the Awfully Famous by Georgia Bragg. And just before we get started on whether we liked it or not, um, let me just mention a little bit about this book that makes it kind of different from the rest of our um, picks. First and foremost, it is a nonfiction book which um, we have read nonfiction before, but it's not something that we usually pick as a group. Usually we just do fiction books. Second thing that makes this book different from the rest of our picks is it's actually a YA book. Yes. I think that when we looked at the cover, when we were thinking about uh, what books to add to our list, I looked at the cover and thought, oh, that's an interesting cover. And then the title itself was very interesting. And then just flipping through the book, I think that was what really was for me, a selling point on trying to read this. It is very interesting. It's very easy to read. It's, it's written in a very easily read, read format, but it's just so interesting. <laughs> yes, and what I, what I have to say is I love the fact that this book is, I mean, I think this is a great thing about the YA um, and children's books. They can take something dark like death and they introduce it in a way that's not so scary and a way of where like young kids want to learn about history. Because let's face it, getting a kid to want to know, learn about history is not... I was a history kid. I loved history, but every time I ask kids about history, they're like, ew, I don't like it, (laughs) right? Probably because most of us remember our history classes were, you have to learn this date and this date and this date and all these names and all these places. And And they cut out the quirky stuff, which this book very much includes the quirky stuff, but it also has, you know, the illustrations are great, and it also has just a sense of humor. Like, there's humor in how she, how she writes about all these different deaths. I mean, I was sitting here almost laughing at some of them, but some of them was laughing because I was like, oh, that is just so horrible. <laughs> A couple of just things that I noticed about this book and the people that she talks about. They're dignified people from history who did, like, did not die in a dignified way. No, they, their bodies, a lot of their bodies were desecrated after death. A lot Through of no them, choice of their own either. Right. Because it wasn't their choice. It wasn't their family's choice. And I think one of the most famous ones is Einstein's brain gets sliced up without permission. There was a, uh, the guy who did the autopsy. I'm guessing he either did the autopsy or he was there while they did the autopsy because that's really the only way you can get someone's brain, right? His, his name, I, I'm trying to look it up here, Thomas Harvey. He's just a guy who's working at Princeton University. He, he says his stars are aligned because all of a sudden he's got Einstein's body in front of him. And so the first thing he does is he's doing the autopsy. He is the guy doing the autopsy. And the first thing he does is he slices open the guy's brain and takes it out. And nobody in the family knows now that Einstein's brain is out of his body. 
So when he's buried and all later, all of these body parts and stuff are missing because this guy has taken them. Well, just his brain is missing, but there are other examples in this book where other body parts get missed. For example, Beethoven's skull, um, or at least parts of his skull were missing. Um, Tutankhamun gets butchered horribly. It says here that... He took his liver, lungs, kidneys, heart, and all sorts of glands and lined them up on a table. Ooh, I forgot about that. So, obviously, and I doubt he put them back in. I mean, he could have. But the thing is, the biggest thing was, these people were all, all of this stuff was done to them without any of their family's knowledge that it was being done. And... Well, it's just... The thing that really saddens me about that is when you talk... They're all sad, right? Like, it's very disrespectful to do that to a body especially when the family has not asked you to do that nor the person whose body it is if the person had been and in this case that man was like it's in the name of science but if einstein had said in the name of science you know carve up my like brain fine but no time did he do that to me while everything is sad i think tooting commons is the saddest one oh yeah because they rip the gold mask from his face. And so basically they end up kind of chiseling. Yeah. They rip his arms, I think. And, and to do an they, autopsy, they rip his arms and like his leg is like broken. But that's not even the worst thing. Like to me, tuning common is a twofold thing because it's they're mutilating the body. The Egyptians were known for their beliefs of the afterlife. Right. And, you know, this is why they buried these treasures. This is why they buried their chariots, because they had to bury their chariots for the afterlife. Well, and their pets and their... Yes. All of their possessions. They were even buried with food. And they also were wrapped with charms to protect them in the afterlife. So to me, it's like it's deeply offensive because the afterlife meant so much to Egyptians and they went by these strict beliefs and the way they did things. This is why they mummified their bodies, you know, to preserve them for the afterlife. And then here comes this British man and just disrupts uh, Tutankhamun's afterlife. But see, that's, that's the thing too with poor King Tut. It wasn't just the one time. Yes. They took him out five or six different times in, in different decades mm-hmm. to do research on him. They wouldn't let the poor guy rest in peace. And it was invasive. Like, okay, yes, now scientists do research on mummies, but it doesn't have to be that invasive because now they have like CT scans. Right. So it doesn't require them cutting anything. Or they can take DNA, which just means a little prick of a needle to get that DNA. Not how... Breaking off bones and taking pieces. Exactly. But the other reason that I just find it, when I say that it's these dignified history people with the most undignified deaths, is because the one that really comes to mind, and I think that Napoleon... 
You look at Napoleon, and he is like this military genius, right? And you see the pictures of him, and he's riding that horse, and he's got his uh, military uniform on with all of the like regalia. So this is a man who obviously presented himself in a very regal manner. For him, I think, as for a lot of these people, even Julius Caesar, for a lot of these people, you know, they cared about how they presented themselves. So for Napoleon to then end up dying by pooping in his sheets every 30 minutes is so undignified, right? Like, I know Napoleon had stomach cancer, which is why he always had his hand on his stomach, but... Beethoven kind of ended up like that, too, being very bloated. It was Beethoven that was bloated, yeah. Polian was just was just having major stomach issues. He ended up having cancer. Um, oh, no, it does say here that he had developed layers and layers of body fat. So he, he did get kind of big and heavy. Maybe not to the point of bloating, but he, was, he had gained enormous amounts of weight. Which also... You know, funny thing, too, is, like, this book will correct you because everyone thinks that he was very short. And the truth is, he was 5'5", which, yes, in normal standards is not the highest. I mean, I'm 5'6", so I'm, like, one inch higher than him. But back then, but back then, that was normal. So it's, like, stuff like that where you're just, like, that idea of him being so short, um, not necessarily. Back in his time, he was just a regular dude. He wasn't at all. A short person. Something else I, I liked about this book was that at the end of each little um, biography, biography or story about how they died, she gives these. She has these pages of little things, either uh, glossary information on what something means, a mm. definition, more historical facts, more historical facts, other things, and some of them are just okay, fine, and others of them, like, with King Tut, she has these pages, and she was talking about the fact that they used to use mummy paper to make the brown butcher paper in the mid-1800s that was wrapped around people's meat, unbeknownst to the shoppers now. Can you tell us what mummy paper is? Because that's not like a type of paper where it's like butcher paper, right? It's like... It was the it was the cloth that had been wrapped around the mummies was used to make paper. It was used to make the brown paper, whatever their paper making process, but they used the cloth from the mummies to do it. The only reason it was dis, uh, discontinued was because then there was an outbreak Break of, of cholera. cholera. Mm-hmm. But I mean, uh, among you, the workers at the paper mill, you want to talk about like. That that one fact, I was like, oh my gosh, that that's a fact enough for me to become a germaphobe. Like that is disgusting to me. The other thing that really did strike me about this book is just the fact that like I don't want to be cruel, but a lot of these people should have just been left alone to die because their treatments prolonged their death and prolonged their misery. And some of these treatments are just 
horrible. And the one that really comes to mind for me is Beethoven because he became extremely bloated to the point where he couldn't even get rid of any fluids in his body. So what they ended up doing was they drilled a hole in his stomach to try to drain any of that fluid. And mind you, there's no medication. There's no putting him no under. No anesthesia. Exactly. No nothing. They might have given him a little whiskey or something to dull the pain, but I don't even know that they did that. And he's notoriously known as being cranky, so I can't imagine how cranky he was after that or during well, that process. I wonder sometimes if the pain wouldn't have just made half of them just pass out during these processes but also just the fact that oh but i know better now but just the bloodletting to stop bleeding i mean but i do need to i do need to finish the beethoven they don't only just create a hole in his stomach then they decide okay we're just we're not gonna sew back the area together no we're just gonna put rags in it so just imagine having like this hole in your stomach and they're like, okay, we're just going to put a bunch of rags into your body and that's going to like plug it up. But that's that's one of the things that this book brings out too is that a lot of these people didn't actually die from the ailments that they had. They died from the lack of hygiene surrounding their care. And let's face it, these people didn't know about germs. They didn't know that, that being dirty could make it worse. No, because if you think about it, if you had no concept of germs and I came to you and I said, hey, Bonnie, you have these little tiny creatures living all around you, but you can't see them. But these tiny, tiny little creatures can cause so much damage to your body. Wouldn't I be the crazy one? Wouldn't I sound like the crazy one? Because tiny creatures and how can these tiny organisms create such havoc in your body right and now in hindsight you know it's really easy to be like oh that's gross what were they thinking why didn't they take a shower and stuff but But these were people that didn't bathe regularly even i mean no because a lot once a week maybe once a week sometimes once a month because a lot of times their thought was it's the water that's getting them sick So beyond the fact that, like, what this book taught me was that the most dignified historical figures died the most undignified way, that a lot of times they should have just been, like, left to die without having any procedures done on them because, you know, like, for Napoleon, he had, like, stomach cancer. That's already bad enough, right? But then the procedures that they did on him, it was ridiculous. Washington had 80 ounces of blood Leached or cut out. Yeah. Bled from his body. And a normal man has usually 192 ounces. So you're one ounce away from like taking half of the blood of what a normal man has. Yeah. So a lot of times I'm just like, oh man, they should have just allowed them to die. And another thing was that had they had simple antibiotics. But antibiotics wouldn't e- weren't even invented until the 1930s. So, I mean, these poor people didn't even have the... I mean, they had stuff like morphine and stuff like that, but that was just mainly to no, but help you know, with the pain. But you know what they did have? 
radium and lead. Yeah. And And that is funny because, you know, like, Queen Elizabeth wore makeup that had lead. Yeah. And And we all know that Marie Curie, you know, played with radium her entire life, her entire adult life. Curie has always been, I don't know, she's always been a figure that for me, like, I find very interesting because she clearly knew the effects Um, This book will let you know that she started to realize that radium was what was making her sick. She had black fingertips, was basically the radium, I guess, burning her. And yet at no point did she step away from her radium. She just continued to do her research. So I don't know. I don't know if that's just me. Like by this time around, like the radium has just gotten to her and she's probably going to die. So she might as well just continue to do research. But I find her interesting for that reason, because as soon as I know something's, like, harming me, I'm like, uh-uh, bye. Well, in, and with the radium, radium was used in a lot of stuff um, back in the early 1900s. And people were dying from it because they were working with it. Like, they used to paint clock dials and bedroom slippers and fish bait and theater seat numbers and... Which we did. Eyes of dolls. Which we did do. Oh, well. Up until the 1970s. Yes, and if you want to learn more about that, I would really suggest you read Radium Girls by Kate Moore. That was one of the books that I had mentioned in an earlier lit chat that we did, where it specifically talks about the dial workers and just the drastic effects that it uh, did on them. And not only them, their family, but. Yeah, definitely. If you want to learn more, but it's not a happy book, though. Let me tell you, it's to not. me, it just it just would have. We know Marie Curie died of this in the early 1930s or early 1900s, and they know sort of what she died from. So why would you continue using this stuff for another fifty some years? I mean, well, okay, look, I just look. that just totally floors me. Honestly, you will not be floored by it. If you read Radium Girls, you'll not be floored by it because basically what it is is painting glow-in-the-dark dials right. was very lucrative. So they hid all of these dangers and denied that it was radium. So, I mean, for money, that's why you do it. It's well, not yeah, a the... good... It's greediness. It's very unfortunate. Well, the one thing that I found interesting was with um, Garfield. Oh, man. You know, he is assassinated, he gets shot, and all of these doctors who come up just start sticking their finger in his bullet hole trying to find the bullet. And obviously nobody is washing their hands, and there's no anesthetic, there's no nothing. They just keep probing around in him. They made, like, the hole deeper through all of their, like, poking around. They make... They made it worse because they made the wound deeper, and obviously it got infected. But then they were saying that when they finally did the autopsy after he died, they were nowhere near the area where the bullet was. Yeah, so they essentially made a hole for they nothing. Were just, but the, the fact, too, that and this is another little snippet that they bring out, um, he was assassinated. There's no secret service. There was no Secret Service protection for the president until Theodore Roosevelt. 
And that was just for the president. That doesn't surprise me, though, unfortunately, because honestly, at some point you could walk in to the like White House. There was no guards. You as a like that was the people's house, right? So at one point, just any random person could walk off the street and go into the White House. Now you can't do that anymore now, but yeah, they were very loosey goosey when it came to like the rules of the president. Oh, yeah, because I mean, even then it talks about how like you knew where the president was because like they would always give you his agenda in the newspaper. <laughs> so like. If you're out to get that president, yeah, just look at the newspaper. Like, the lack of, I don't know, common sense. And he had, he, there had been other presidents assassinated before, but still they were like, hmm, yeah, no, we still don't think it's good to, like, protect the president. It's well, just Well, they just, fun. they also, this is one of those little snippets, they mentioned the medical advances that were too late for Garfield. Okay, first was antisepsis. In 1865, they, didn't, they had no idea how to stop the, the spread of germs, that cleanliness was the big thing. That wasn't adopted until the 1880s. Then they started using rubber gloves, but that was only started because the nurse was wearing rubber gloves because she was allergic. She had skin allergies, so she didn't want to touch anybody else. It wasn't that she was protecting the patient. This is the type of stuff that's in this book, people. It is just amazing, all of the different information that is in here. It is impossible to tell you all the little tidbits. This is also like a really great opportunity um, because it is a YA book. Maybe you have a teen and, you know, your teen and you can read this book or maybe you're like, grandkid who's a teen you know like maybe this is a great chance for both of you to read the same book and you guys can have this discussion this concludes another session of lit chat um happy that you guys joined us for the next month for may it will be again reader's choice always if you guys want to share with us what you guys are reading please do so um you can always comment on our facebook page and um, we would love to find out what you guys are reading and we'd also just love to share that with the community you know because who doesn't like a good book right all right guys till we meet again this is pj and this is bonnie bye guys bye.